Calling all podcasters, musicians, vloggers, and reporters, and everyone else who wants crystal clear recording that's super portable. The Shure Motive family of microphones makes studio quality audio that's as simple as plug and play. Many of the world's top podcasters rely on Shure, and with a Motive line of iOS and USB microphones, portability is now your friend. Imagine being able to get great audio quickly and easily from your phone, tablet, or computer. Simply visit Shure.com/motive to start getting great audio for your content now. That's S-H-U-R-E.com/forward/slash-M-O-T-I-V. Welcome to Define You Radio. Class is in session with your host, the Southern Belle of Bold, Valencia Griffin Wallace. Are you ready to unapologetically build your confidence, achieve goals, and design a life worth living? Learn the life lessons and strategies to define your life, money, and business. Pins and papers ready. Class is now in session. goodness guys did you do you love the new intro now i know you guys got used to define you radio's old intro that had you nodding your head and prepping for the show but you got to give me some credit that new intro is something else i definitely want to know what you guys think about the june 2017 version of Define You Radio's intro. With that being said, welcome to Define You Radio Classes in Session, a show dedicated to teaching women how to design a life worth living with guests who have defined their life, money, and business. Today's session is how to adapt when life changes. And I'm your host, the Southern Belle of Bold, Valencia Griffin-Wallace. Make sure you connect with the show on Define You Radio's Facebook page or defineuradio.com. Let me know your thoughts on the new intro. Guys, one of my favorite quotes is when it's about life changes. And in order to get to life's changes, you're going to be challenged. Challenge brings change. Birth, marriage, divorce, remarriage, job changes, house changes, income changes. These are all changes that happen in your life. And like I was telling our guests who I will intro shortly, that, you know, you can either sink or swim. You can't stop the change. So you have to learn how to adapt. Ask yourself, is this change? What is this? What am I learning in this process? What is this going to do for my life? Because while you're going through the challenge or the change, it may not seem like it's going to work out for you. But as a person that has been through plenty of life's changes and challenges, I could tell you it's all good. All the changes have changed me for the better. With that being said, our guest today, Miss Mary Reese Paul, is here to talk about the changes in her life and how she made it to the other side. With that being said, Mary, welcome to Define You Radio. 
Yay! <laughs> hey, everybody. How y'all doing? Thank you so much for having me, Valencia. You like my new intro? I love you it. You like that intro? I was bobbing my head still, but okay. yeah, I love it. That's the whole purpose of, of the intro. Like, I like to get people geared up and ready for the show and everything. And um, the old intro was very much a head bobber. And I said, okay, we're going to pull it back and bring it forward at the same time. It is actually our one-year anniversary. So happy anniversary or happy birthday happy to find you, Radio. Yay! I'm so excited. Uh, and I'm excited to have you on because I know do, starting this radio show and, and keeping it going was a challenge. But the changes that it brought, you know, the learning curve, the staying motivated and everything that comes when you're giving birth to a new vision was well was well worth it. So happy birthday, Define You Radio and Define You Radio's new and old audience. <laughs> Mary, why don't you tell the audience a little bit? about you besides the fact that you use yay at the beginning which is my favorite word (laughs) (laughs) a little bit about myself well I'm married and I just had an 18 year old graduate so I'm I'm pretty excited about that everyone Um, my son actually leaves to go to the Navy this month I am originally from Killeen Texas a small town well, it's not that small now, but I actually, um, I'm from there, born and raised, but I reside in Columbia, South Carolina currently. Um, I am a people's person. I love meeting people. I'm very energetic. Um, I love smiling. I love God. Um, I'm a giver all the way around. I'm straightforward. <laughs> I'm blunt. Yes. Um my Um <laughs> But I love me. <laughs> I wouldn't yes. trade that for anything. I love me. I love myself. So, well, I I love you too. Your personality and like I'm going back to the fact you use the word yay, so that automatically kind of makes us bf bff bff. So, I want to talk about because you mentioned that your son's graduating. I know when yes. my son graduated. It was like that, I think that's when I really realized I was going to have to cut the cord. And I'm not going to lie, I was not ready. Well, <laughs> Your I'm, thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready either. But um, I'm each and every day, I'm slowly but surely, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's happening. So I'm I'm, I'm growing um, and getting used to it basically as I, as each and every day gets closer and closer for him actually to depart. I actually thought that I was going to be a ball of tears when he, he graduated um, high school, but I actually, I wasn't a ball of tears. I had so much excitement. It was so much excitement. Um, I didn't see anybody else. All I saw was my son. So hmm. I was truly, truly excited about him, his accomplishments, but I was, it felt good for myself as well. 
just to know, like, that was 18 years. I, yeah, I, we, I did that. As much as I want to say he did it, I did it, we mm-hmm. did that. Like, so it, it meant the world to me to see him actually walk, and it meant the world to him also. But I, I'm adapting to it. He, he, he has about two weeks going on, three weeks remaining before he departs for the Navy. I think that's when I'll, well, I don't think. I, I'll cry then. I'll, I'll have mm. a couple of days of sadness, but I'll get over it. Well, congratulations on him graduating high school and going into the Navy. I am a Navy brat myself and a mom <laughs> of a of a military son. And if you need me, I understand. Because <laughs> when, when Cameron left, you talk about life changes, right? So I'm thinking... All the way up to this point, you know, I went right, left, so many changes and and challenges in life. You know, him graduating and then him leaving for basic, I'm thinking that, okay, I can handle it. At least I was saying this out loud, right? Saying it out loud. I was like, okay, I could could handle it. I could handle it. But when it came, I kind of went through that. Okay, maybe I need to adopt or have another baby or something (laughs) because... I, I, it was a, it was it was a challenge because I was kind of like really on my own, not on my own. I mean, you know, I know my husband is listening. I'm not saying husband that you know you weren't there because he he was, <laughs> you know. But it was like I was a parent and not, so it was. But it brought forth some changes in me that. I don't know what have happened otherwise. Like I really had time to do some stuff. So say it. I didn't want to say it because I'm always talking about, um, and I have been accused of being partial to boys, but I am the mom of a boy, but I am the mo- the bonus mom of two girls, but I am partial to boys. I'm sorry. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, he's the only child. He's the only one. So, mm. yeah, I'll, I'll be there for you. I have you. my friends on standby. <laughs> you do. You do. You have people on speed dial. Oh yeah, that's good. They already know. Yeah. So I want to talk about your defining moment. That moment when you knew from this point on everything was changing. What led Ooh. up to it, and what was it? I believe my defining moment was I actually had finally built up enough courage to walk away from a, a domestic violence um, relationship. It was very um, toxic um, with my son's father. And I actually, that's how I ended up in South Carolina. I moved here to South Carolina and um, to live with my sister, my older sister. And I, I, even though I had other places to go, I, 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 it, took me, it took me a while to build up that courage, but I knew that I needed to go somewhere where I was going to be safe, but also have that, that, that sh- I know that I'm very strong-minded, but I needed mm-hmm. that tough love as well. And I knew that my oldest sister was going to be the one to not hold anything back and 
um, give it to me, give it to me um, like it is. And um, so that's what ended up bringing me here to Columbia, South Carolina, and I ended up staying with her. And during that process, um, I started going um, started going to church, um, me and my son. Um, found that, um, trans- I ended up transferring my job, so I had a job. I, ha- I had to start over. Um, I left everything. When I um, departed, all I had was the my car, the, the clothes, and my son. So I hmm. had to start over, and I, I, I did just that. Um, I prayed. I had other people praying for me. I, I continuously worked. I worked my butt off to basically save up enough money to finally get my first place. And then as time went on, I was able to get it furnished, and um, I moved up, um, got a promotion, and the promotions kept going. My work ethic was immaculate. It was out of this world. I was very dedicated to what I was doing, but also providing for my son. I saw a bigger picture for my son. I knew what I, I knew that I didn't want my son to have to want or need or go through anything that I did um, growing up. So I, I worked. I um, continued to work, and I began to build um, for several years um, with my son. And I thought that everything at that point um, was good. I thought I was untouchable, actually, unstoppable. Hmm. Um I had the label of a, a I was a, a manager. Um I had bought my first home. I had um purchased my first car. My my actually it was my second car cuz I tra- I actually was able to trade in my first vehicle. So I was riding around in a nice car and I was making I was 20 something years old and I was making very good money. Um and I didn't realize how many eyes that um, I was using, but it became a point in time where I was working so much and I was provide in my eyes, I was providing for my son, but I was providing him with the material things. And it, it didn't cross my mind. I didn't see it coming or anything. My son, he, he just, he, he was acting different. Just hmm. like doing typical boy things, I suppose you can say. You know, he was just doing typical things, but it was out of character for me. And I ended up having to call his father um, down, and his father came down. Um, and we all basically sat around and to see, you know, hey, what's what's going on with you? And we we opened the floor. And I've always told my son, basically, you know, be honest, speak how you feel. And so I always thought and felt like that's what he he's always done that. But for the first time, my son, I had to hear my son say that um, he no longer wanted to stay with me. Mm. That was my, um, that was my breath. That was my, my next breath. I didn't, I didn't understand it. I was mad. I was I, I was beyond mad. Um, I was emotional. I felt like I gave, like my emotions and stuff were everywhere. Um, 
I, I just, I, yeah, I just couldn't, I, I couldn't understand it. I couldn't understand why, you know, why he wanted to leave. Why, you know, I, where I felt like I was doing everything right. But for the hmm. first time, I had to actually, like, I had to hear him. I had to actually listen to him. I had to hear, you know, it, 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 it wasn't the material things he wanted. The things that he was wanting and seeking was, they were, it was me. It was you know, more more time with me, you know, and in my head, I was providing, I, I'm working, I'm doing what, but at, at that age, you know, he was, my son was like 16 years old, he didn't understand that. Right. So, yeah, that was, that was, for me, especially because I was, I felt like everything that I did and was doing, I was doing for my son. So to, hmm. to hear to hear that and to hear that and to know that he did not want to be there, um, I felt yeah I felt like God had kicked me in my stomach, <laughs> and he pulled yeah I felt like he pulled my heart out. Mm. I kind of want to go back a little bit and then we'll come back forward because I know when you left from your domestic violence situation and you had to stay with your sister and start over. And this is for, for, for everybody that's in that situation. I've been in that situation and everybody has their different, what I call last, like, this is it. This is done. I'm gone. Was it that moment? Was it a, was it, you know, like one particular moment when you said, I'm headed out the door right at this moment, or was no. it, was it a, a plan, you know, um, to leave? Actually, um, I had left on, on several different occasions, but I made, I was young, um, 16 years old, 17. Hmm. Um, and um, I've been on my own. I, I moved out of my parents' home when I was 16 years old. Um, so, so I always, when I left, I I wouldn't stay gone a day or two, and I'd go I'd, I'd go back. Um, financially, he was the provider. Um, I didn't at that time. I didn't know in my head how I was going to survive or make it out. Um, without him and to it, it was it was deeper than that because it wasn't just the financial portion for me it truthfully was the fact that I cared what people thought hmm. I I did not want to have to go back to my hometown and oh, I didn't want some people that oh I, had, I I wasn't with his father you know I didn't want to have to face and break up this whole pretty picture that we had painted for so long, you know, or I had painted in my head. Um, I, 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 it was more horror just for me. To me, that was more horrifying than me staying in it at that point. Hmm. Um, my last, um, when I finally, finally had had, my 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 breaking point that point um 
I did the the actual in all the years that we were together um and that he was abusive um I never once picked up the phone to call the cops. So um I just didn't um you just you didn't let those you didn't you you didn't take money out of your household um that you know you were going especially if you were going to stay with the person. If you were going to get right back right. with them, there was no point in you, you know, calling the cops. So I never did. And I can remember it like it was yesterday. We had got into it. And for the first time ever, I became the abuser. I jumped mm. on him. And he did not hit me back. He actually went and he called the cops. And I was looking at, I was facing, I was facing um, jail time um, for it. It was at that point. I was in a town that I didn't know anybody. I was nowhere near my family. I was nowhere near my friends. There was nobody around. It was just me, him, and my, 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 my son. And at that point, yeah, I was like, okay. And I started plotting from there. I was like, okay, I can't go to jail. Like, right. I, I, I have to find, I have to do what I have to do to get myself out of this situation. So I flipped, I, I, I did, <laughs> I had to fake like I was, we were going to marriage counseling. I had to, I mean, we had to act like, I mean, and he didn't know I was faking, but I was faking. I, I faked the, the counseling. I faked, hey, baby, I'm home, the laughing, the, and I was stacking my money up. And once I got enough money saved up, um, I got up one morning and I left. Um, I grabbed my son, um, and I never looked back. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that because that in itself is a huge change in life and I want to ask you how old was your son when you left oh my son was four years old and he was a daddy so, I, I'm going to say that he was a daddy he was a big daddy's um, boy he was a daddy's boy mm. So so when y'all uh, moved to your sister, did you have a discussion with him or was it all about, okay, I can't even deal with my emotions, much less your emotions. Mama has to go in power work mode to get our life back right. I um, actually, I didn't know how I was going to, it scared me to know that I didn't want to hurt my son because um, hmm. I knew how, how close him and his father's was. But I actually had a, a very close dear friend to me tell me that my son was going to love me no matter what. And those words have always stuck with me. And till this day, um, they still do, you know. And from her telling you that, I knew that he would love me more um, for being just being able to raise him in an environment where he's more happier. 
like to to fake it and and just to make for a child to be happy uh, when you have two adults who are really miserable. Um, they they can't stand each other. You know, um, hmm. it just wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth the 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 sanity. You know, you 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 raise your kids to to, to tell the truth, to be honest, to love, to you know. And I felt like we were lying. We were the the thing that we were trying to instill in our child. We were we we, we couldn't even give it to each other, let alone um, yeah. And the faking after a while. It's only much so much faking that you can do. Mm. So as we come back forward to that defining moment, your son's 16, and he tells you he wants to go live with his dad. At that point, did he know why you left? No, um, he didn't. Um he he had no clue. Um, my son didn't actually find out um, and um, why the true reason why me and his father actually split until actually um, about two months ago mm. when I re- um, released my my memoir. And that's paint my world purple. Yes, take my world purple, color changes as healing progresses. So tell us about that moment. Did you talk to him after the book was written and published? Did he accidentally pick it up and start reading it and was like, Mom, I have questions? Like, How did that writing, go? I started writing it. And when I started writing it, you know, originally I thought it was going to be like, okay, I'm going to write this, you know. Um, I didn't know that um, it was actually something that became very therapeutic for me. Um, I didn't know so many, like, when, when the transition of me doing all the writing that I was going to, there was times that, oh, my gosh, that I was laughing and um, I was happy. You know, I was remembering when I was happy. I was remembering when I was sad. I was remembering being that that young girl who was looking for love, who didn't know what it was, but TV made it look good. Um, mm-hmm. Everything, you know, about it was supposed to be what you were looking for, you know. So that's what I was looking for. Um and at the more and more I, I got emotional and I was writing and so I asked him. I, I went to him um eventually and um of course I, I asked him, was it okay if um I used his name? And from that point we, we just we talked about it and um he was fine with it. Um my son is very he he, he can he's very mature. So he he said that he understood. Um, I told him, you know, I would like him to actually, you know, read the book um, before he leaves home because I want him to know it's a part of him, irregardless, right. you know, hiding, hiding. Even though he was so young, I still feel like, again, you can only pretend and fake um, but for so long, and 
as much as it was my story, it was his too. So he remembered some of he, the abuse or it was kind of like in the back of his mind and then the book brought never, memories up he, for him? He, no, the the book, he has never, ever, one of the things um, about, especially in the uh, uh, domestic violence situation, one of the things with the encountering with his father that um, we he never argued, yelled, raised his voice or anything like that around my son, our son. Um, I he, he would get me upset, and then I would be the one yelling. So it always looked like I was the the aggressor or the, the right. So it, it never, um, but he never would. Um, half the people that know he even cursed. I mean, out they, you know, it, it, depending on who we were around, you didn't have a clue. Um. But he, my son, no, he had no, 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 no idea. So he, you talk to him about the book or he reads the book. He finds out about that. Does he ask, I'm sure he asks you questions, but did he go and ask his dad about it or confront him about it, so to speak? I think, um, now, because we are where we are in in, in our life, um, his father um, has moved on um, and has his family now. Um, I've moved on and I have mine. Um, we we co-parent. We've um, we do the best. Um, or we've done the best as 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 heck. I know that I, I I probably could have in some of the circumstances as far as co-parenting and stuff and. I think with my son, I think at some point he will. Um, mm-hmm. I think it'll be in his own timing. Um, I'm sure that he will have questions for his father. As for me, um, he hugs me more. He kisses me more. Um, and my son actually kisses me like every single morning. But he's even more affectionate now. Um so his gestures and stuff, um, he tells me how strong I am, um, mm. that he's proud of me. Um, so I think in his own way, he's okay. He's glad, he, he, He's happy for me. That's like taking your your power back and him acknowledging that. So I want to back up to two years ago when he was 16 and he says that I want to go live with my dad. What, what did you do? Did he go live with his dad yes. and how did that he change left. your life? He left. He did. <laughs> um, <laughs> and <laughs> he left. And when he left, I lost focus. I didn't, I put everything in him. When I say I put everything, everything, he was my reason. Um, And I didn't realize how much I had, that he was my reason. He was my reason for breathing. Like, literally, he really was. And 
I lost my focus. Uh, my my job, I my job um, came at stake um, for me losing my job. Um, any and everything that I that I I kept saying that I did, I did like I I was losing it. Like I was losing it. I was losing it. It was it was slipping. Where I was telling myself that I did all of this stuff, I, I never ever at one time I, I didn't acknowledge God. I, mm. I I continuously said I I I did this. I did that. I you know, um, and he tapped all around. He he told that for he he told whatever foundation in my head I thought I had I didn't have one. I mean I from friends that I thought that I had they weren't there. Um, I I just um, that was a yeah that was a very rough rough time for me. So when did you, and let me add this, I I could imagine, because it sounds very much like you and your son have the type of relationship me and my son have. So I could, like you said, you breathe, you know, that's your breath, that's your air, that's your reason to to go hard and grind and never give up. And then all of a sudden that reason decides that they want another life. Yeah, you're going to go through some stuff. So how long were you going through? How long did it take for you to adapt? And then what happened once you said, okay, who I think I can make it? It took me... <laughs> um, it was almost Tell the truth Wow, seven Let me say seven, maybe seven, eight months um, Okay, I thought you were going to say two years I was about to say, okay, well this just happened uh-uh. No, it took me about seven or eight months To actually, truth, um, you know, for things to For me to start seeing um, the clear clearly um like with him being gone and just him not being there and me actually being able to see that I actually that that son and mother relationship um my one of my sister um came to me one um one day and she she's she made the comment you know you know well God gave his son up you know and if he came hmm. to you and he asked you to give yours up, would you be able to? And I remember her asking me that question, and I remember her with, I remember me, my answer with, I didn't think twice about it. I was like, no, <laughs> you know, like, hmm. for this, for, for the world? Right. Like, you know, like, you see what the world is, how the world is now? No. Right. No, I wouldn't give my son, no. Um, hmm. I had to. I, I <laughs> when I say he got, yeah, I had to drown in my my tears. It, it took that. I had to see it. He he showed me at that point in time that nothing was mine. 
nothing mm. that I nothing that he had had blessed me with. It wasn't mine. Nothing, that you were putting a, a, a eye on. The, nothing from even to my son. Nothing. I may have carried. I I may have carried him, but he plant he planted. That was he his. Nothing was mine. My job that wasn't mine. Nothing that I had. Nothing. Everything that I put I before it was not mine. That That is a powerful statement And I love that When your sister answer, Asked you that question I love that you were honest With your answer To her And, and on the show You know because a lot of times We want to say the right thing Because it sounds right And that's what you're supposed to say But I'd rather you be truthful than politically correct, so to speak. And I hear, and I know when we had our discussion, you know, I hear that um, that spirituality and that realization when basically God had to break you down for you to realize that, okay, Lord, I see what you're doing. Now what? So what was that? when you had that realization that it it's not yours. What it's what were the right, is it's not yours, not yours. What was the, the next steps? Because here it is, you know, less than two years later if you count your seven months, two years later and you're a powerful woman. How did you get from that no I'm not giving my son to the world to embracing all that Mary is today. You know, you have those, as you're going through life, you have those um, where people call them, you have, those, you have these confirmations or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I started, um, I started my, I started wanting that relationship with, um, with God more. But that relationship that I was wanting with God ended up turning into when my son was small, I used to ask my son because um, he would all, my my son and his father used to go to church. I I just didn't go with him. Um, so my son talked about God. He knew who God was, and mm-hmm. I remember when my son was young, young, and um, he would talk to God and stuff like that. And I I'd ask him like, so God really talks to you, you know? And um, my son would look me dead in the face and be like. Yeah, like, yeah, like, as if, don't he talk to you too? You know, and um, when I was going through that process and I was wanting that relationship with him, um, he, he, he turned, God turned it from a relationship to where it was, it was intimate. It was an intimacy with him. When I say I could hear him, it, 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 it's, it, it scared me because you know how you're waiting on that confirmation, like, okay, God, send me a sign. Let me know if this right. is you. <laughs> oh, I didn't get that. It's like, no, because I know I can't do that with this one. I'm going to have to tell hmm. him. And I could hear him. You can't get this wrong. You're not going to get this wrong. You can't get this wrong because I'm, I'm telling you. And he would make it so visible. And 
one of the things that I said in the very beginning was that I know one thing about me that I know that I was I'm strong. I know that I'm strong. I know my my mother's strong. So I know her blood runs through me. So I know that I'm strong. So I know with God, God, he had to. He, in his head, he's probably like, I, this child ain't going to get it any other way. I, I'm, I'm going to have to. You know, I, don't, I do not believe that I would have gotten it any other way um, than with him doing it how and the way that he did. And mm. even with my son leaving and going to stay with his father, um, the time frame that he did, he ended up, even along that way, even I still was making mistakes. I still made mistakes. I still wasn't perfect. Um, I thought that some of the things that I was doing, I thought they were right. I mean, my son got down there, and, you know, he, he him and his father would get into it, and he, he would call me and oh, I don't want to stay here, you know, and I'll, hey, if you want to come home, that's fine. You know, I mm-hmm. never um, took a second to think, like, no, this is where he needs to be. Or, you know, um, in my head, that motherly instinct carried up, it, it, it kicked back in. You know, so it was certain things that I went there. He said he wanted to come home. I went there, drove there, picked him up, and brought him back home. Um. And when he came back, he came back a whole different kid, <laughs> you know. And it was like every time I, I interrupted what God was trying to do, God stepped in and said, okay, so here you go. Now, hmm. this, this is for you being disobedient. And it wasn't, in my eyes at the time, it wasn't like in my eyes at the time I felt like he was punishing me. Um, but it wasn't a. I've learned. It, I've gotten because I've gotten. It's gotten. I've gotten stronger with him. I know that it's not that he's punishing me um, when I do something that. You know, I sometimes I do think that it's, it's the right thing, and instead of me going and seeking him first, um, and and I end up because I don't. Unfortunately, you do have to. To me, in my eyes, you do have to pay repercussions for that sometimes. So I have to, in lack of better words, to me, I have to be a big girl sometimes when I make those mistakes along the way um, and realize that, hey, you know, well, Mary, you, you, you shouldn't have done that or you shouldn't do this. You know, he came back, when my son came back, he was, I don't think my son was here, not even, he was here less than 24 hours, and he was like, okay, mom, I'm gone, you know, and he jetted out the door, and, you know, and I'm thinking we were finna hang out, <laughs> like, oh, I got my son back, you know, and um, it didn't happen like that, because he just wasn't that, he wasn't that little kid who I would say, go out and make you some friends, you know, within that short period of time that he was with his dad, he, he was trying, he was finding himself. You know, so he was uh he wasn't the same within that I mean that short it it seemed so it seemed so long to me. So for me to say seven months, oh my god. It did seem Valencia like it was two years, but it wasn't. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> but it wasn't. I know um you are part of 
the woman behind the mask, correct? Yes. <laughs> the fact that you said it like that, what what was your chapter about? My chapter um in the woman behind the the woman behind the mask and it was basically um being unmasking your authentic self. And it's it that chapter was about um my son making the decision basically to, to leave but also me walking around um my labels were defining me. I was letting my, oh, I go to school, I'm a manager, I'm, um, if I saw, if, if Sally down the way had the new car, I wanted the new car. If Tamika went on a trip, I wanted to go on a new trip. Um, irregardless, I mean, when I, I stepped outside the door, anybody that saw me or anybody, I was the one that people came to if they needed advice, you know, and for me, I, I, I dare go to someone else to cry or to say, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I need someone to talk to or you can come to me, but I wasn't, I had the, this facade, I had the fake, like, I had everything together. I, I got this. Right. Like, even hmm. when things was, wasn't good, I still had the Put 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 a hey! I had to see which mask I was gonna wear that day before I walked out my door, and it was mm. days that I walked back in my door that I had to put on a mask to come back in it. Um, I wasn't real anywhere that I went. I wasn't being real with myself. I wasn't being real at my job, work, around my friends. I wasn't real at home. I wasn't being real anywhere. So you were trying to be this what you thought was like the ideal person to each person almost or each situation you dealt with, like the the strong version of you that everybody else saw, whether you felt that way or not. Right. If they said, hey, how you doing? I'm great. Hmm. It, it, it didn't matter if, it didn't matter what thought, how dark it got in, inside of me. It, that didn't matter. Nobody was going to know that because I'm not going to tell, I mean, what do I look like? You know, in my head, I was just like, I can't tell no one that. <laughs> That's, I think because as women, we, we hear that title so much, you know, about being a strong woman and we're strong and we're strong and, you know, we have kids and we're strong and we want to be strong. We want to be seen as a strong woman and sometimes living up to that cliche or whatever you want to call it, that title, it doesn't allow us room for error. It doesn't allow us to, to be us. It, because we're so used to being strong for everybody else and making sure the image is right and the picture is pretty and underneath the canvas could be falling apart, but the picture looks pretty though. So thank you for sharing it because I know a lot of people can relate to putting putting that mask of I'm ready to take over the world when you're really not. So if you had to give 
one tip because you you had different challenges and changes over the years. And if someone was going through a similar situation, something, because the changes you went through were literally life changes, you know, what advice would you give them when they're in, in the middle of it or going through it? When you're going through it, anybody that would that has encountered or that's going through or ha- has ever, if you've ever had a dark moment or if you even feel like you're by yourself, um, a lot of the times I, I, I tell you to first take a, take, a, take a step back. As much as I want to be quick to say be true to yourself, I, I, I'm not going to say that because a lot of people don't know because you've pretended to be other people behind the mask, wearing the mask for so long that they don't even know who they are. I would honestly say just get to know you. Get to to embrace who you are, flaws and all. If you wake up and you got crust, look. Thank you, breath, trust in the eye. Love yourself. Nap, I mean, just be you. Like, don't dress up. Don't, don't stop caring about what anyone else, because I guarantee you, I guarantee you that despite who everybody has, everybody has a story. They may not be bold enough, not ever. Some do go to their grave with that story, but everybody has a story. Stop placing a question mark where God has already placed a period. I hope. I was hoping you said anything. that. <laughs> you can't do anything to stop placing a question mark where God has already placed a period. He's created you. Only one of you. There's no duplications of you. Mm. I posted today, um, I'm cut from a different cloth, and they don't make that type of fabric anymore. Hello. We we have to embrace that we are exactly who God made us to be and, and roll with it and run with it. And, you know, I can't be, I mean, I'm not a... I don't want to say nice, sweet person, but I'm not soft-spoken, nor do I desire to be. However, that used to be a desire of mine because most women, especially in the South, or most women I know are are soft-spoken. And I have the type of voice and laugh, you're going to hear me. I don't, <laughs> when, when, when I speak, I don't, I turn the microphone off. Because I have a loud voice, but I embrace that God made me to have this loud voice. And that was a hard thing to accept. So a lot of the, that was a challenge for me. (laughs) That was a challenge for me, but I had to adapt it and adapt um, and realize that God made me this way. So if I say that he doesn't make mistakes, how can I think I'm one? Exactly. 
So thank you for for sharing that. And I want to ask you this question. Then I want to know a little bit of, about your business as we're kind of winding down. What one word, if you just had to pick one, what one word defines your life, period? <laughs> Resilient. <laughs> mm, agreed. I agree. Resilient. So tell us a little bit about your business and how the audience can get your books and connect with you. Okay. Well, I am a life and relationship coach. Um, I, my, my angle, um, and I, I truly um, encourage self-love um, in, in, in females um, particularly. You can find me on um, Facebook. I'm on Facebook um, as um, Mary C's, my business page, or Mary Reese. You can follow either or. My website is www.marysewingseeds.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram at Wisdom Speaks in Quiet Places. Um, hmm. and, or you can email me at marysowingseeds at gmail.com. I love the sowing seeds. I, I love that. Why did you, and I know this is kind of left, but why did you pick that sowing seeds? I didn't, actually, um, I didn't know at first what I had even did. You know, <laughs> um, you know how you you don't realize what God is doing. Um, you know, um, I I post. I would send people text messages at one point, and then I just started posting, and I I put the Mary and um, my godmother, who passed away in May. She she planted a she planted a seed. She's who taught me who God was, um, and she opened her door for so many children and she got to see she got to see her harvest Hmm. and one of the things at her funeral that they kept continuously was talking about seeds and, and, and growing and everything in life starts as a seed whether your business, marriage a friendship everything starts with planting a seed in order for something to grow faster, whatever, even a thought in your head, something has to, it has to start. Something has to be planted. And mm. I want to see that's, I, I, I can plant it. I can, I can, I can give it, I can plant it, but I might not, and it's not, Hey, I may not have to stay there to see, to water it or see the sun or, but as long as I'm doing his diligence and planting that seed, that's all he wants us to do. Mm. And I definitely think that more people need to focus on the sowing because we focus so much on, on the harvest. What am I getting out of it? You know, what is this going to do for me? And, and I would like to say this to those people that think that way. And I'm, I'm, previously guilty you know I'd be the first one to say if something wasn't if I didn't see the harvest I wasn't going to waste my time planting the seed 
But I had to realize two things. Number one, where I sow, my harvest may not come from. Hello. And if I wanted to harvest different, I had to sow different. So I couldn't sow with the intention on getting something back. I had to sow because I would have wanted someone to sow into me when my when my dirt was empty or just yes. dirt. Woo! Always at the end of the show. Yes, 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 yes. The, those weren't even my quotes for the show, guys. Uh, <laughs> but I I had to go, you know, go there because we we see a lot. Everybody wants the harvest. We want, you know. What's what's in it for me? I mean, that's a term. What's in it for me? I'm at zero. What's in it for me? I started at the bottom. What's in it for me? And something came to me one day and I said, zero is a myth. Because as, as long as you have the thought that there's somewhere else or something better you can do with your life, you're never at zero. At zero. So that, that whole bragging started from the bottom. No because if you seriously started from the bottom and was at zero, you would not have recognized you were at the bottom and there was somewhere else to go. I might have to Facebook live that one. Um, <laughs> Mary, 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 it has been so much fun. Uh, I learned some things about you that I previously didn't know. And I enjoy every moment of it. I want to thank you so much for taking your time to come on Define You Radio. And then, of course, using my my favorite word, yay. Yay. (laughs) Yay. Guys, don't forget to get all the guest information will be in the show notes if you're listening online or if you go online, you will see it there. If you enjoyed tonight's session and the new intro, the new June 2017 version of the intro. Subscribe to the show. That way you won't miss a thing, including the head bobbing at the beginning. Feel free to (laughs) personally connect with me at ValenciaGWallace.com. As usual, I'm going to end with a quote. It comes from unknown, but I love the quote. And she stood in the storm, and when the wind did not blow her way, she adjusted her sails. Well, guys, pins down. Class is officially over. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Define You Radio. Class is in session. Connect with the show at www.defineuradio.com. Pins and papers down. Class is over. Calling all podcasters, musicians, vloggers, and reporters, and everyone else who wants crystal clear recording that's super portable. The Sure Motive family of microphones makes studio quality audio that's as simple as plug and play. Many of the world's top podcasters rely on Sure, and with a Motive line of iOS and USB microphones, portability is now your friend. Imagine being able to get great audio quickly and easily from your phone, tablet, or computer. Simply visit Sure.com/Motive to start getting great audio for your content now. That's S-H-U-R-E.com/Motive.